0: Put your paws up because you were born this way, baby. No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Jersey podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline Marfuji. We took a quick hiatus for the past week. So I want to say welcome back, Meatballs. And if you're not a Meatball, thank you for joining. Um, I don't know about all of you, but I'm now quarantined with my parents and they're arguing in the kitchen about something right now so if you hear that that's what that is isn't it fun being in your 30s stuck at your parents house i don't know yes great whatever uh guys i am um, the episode you're gonna hear we recorded two weeks ago my guest is absolutely fabulous she's an ex-nfl cheerleader she's a sports journalist and she has her own podcast after the orange slices and we talk a lot about body image and the NFL and being an athlete and a dancer and nutrition and just, you know, segueing a career into sports journalism from dance, basically. So you guys are going to love her, Bridget Case. She's amazing. Um, But before I bring Bridget on, I thought I'd, uh, you know, catch up with the main squeeze because guess what? We're not living together right now. We're separate. Did you guys hear that? My mom's literally putting wine bottles out. That's She picked this time to do that. Sorry. Um, guys, uh, The one of the hosts of the Unsolicited Podcast and my love, give it up for the main squeeze, Tommy Caprio.
1: Hello, hello.
0: <laughs> hello, how yes, are you? Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm good.
0: <laughs> I hate saying how are you to people. I'm, I am can't believe I just said it to you.
1: You just, how are, how, old, how, whatever it be. Um, I'm good, babe. I am, uh, we're both in New Jersey, so people know, but we're in different parts of Jersey. You're in your parents' house. And I'm going to say right now, I think that being in your 30s is awesome to be at home, but it's even better to be in your 40s and be at home. <laughs> Because I am living a life with my folks here. And you know how I love it. It's because I turn into like a 72-year-old and I live their life and it's naps in the middle of the day, early dinners, early to bed, sleep in if you want, go at your own pace. I love it.
0: All the things I hate. Yeah, all Um, the things you can't (laughs) stand. So it's good we're doing it separately, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be together yeah. soon, but we figured because of the COVID-19, we have to um, make our parents more comfortable by, you know, not bringing someone else into the home to potentially make them sick. And totally. we actually picked right, I think. Did, don't you think we actually made the right decision by coming here now because New Jersey's on its way down with COVID-19 and California is on the way up and everywhere else seems to be uh, peaking and New Jersey and New York already had their, their peak season and so we kind
0: of it stays that way and they don't get their peak season in like a month again
1: yeah because we are opening up in jersey
0: i i mean we have not been to like djs or jenkinson's or any of the jersey shore places yet but all i keep seeing are like videos and pictures of just everyone crowding those bars without masks on and i'm so freaking jealous it looks so fun
1: Yeah, I'm at the Jersey Shore now, and you're in North Jersey, and it just feels different here because there's space, and the sun's been shining, and there's water. Well, you know, I have a pool here and boats and ocean and open bay, so it just feels like you're not cooped in a two-bedroom apartment in West Hollywood.
0: So now that everyone hates Tommy Caprio for where he's staying, um, Mm -hmm. I thought meatballs, I thought it would be interesting to tell you guys about Kind of our journey to finally flying home because I don't know about you, Tommy, but I like had such anxiety before we, you know, got to the airport and like packing took probably five hours longer than it should have. And I ordered a bunch of shit on Amazon, which I will link all of the links on the podcast notes because I feel like a lot of the stuff I ordered was actually helpful, mm-hmm. but it just, it was a scary undertaking. And like once you're actually at the airport, I feel like it's not as scary. So I just, I wanted to hear your take on it before I jump in and tell the story. Of okay.
1: You. Well, we, um, we did both the, the night before, stay up pretty much all night packing and cleaning the apartment because my philosophy was that. When we go back to L.A., hopefully we'll have like a new perspective, some new jobs, uh, some new new things happening and don't want to just go back into, um, you know, uh, an apartment that wasn't clean and ready for a new fresh start. So we're up all night doing that. Um, and we uh, Jacqueline was very was a lot more prepared than I was. But because she was, I didn't want to leave her hanging. So I joined the party and we looked like we were making meth uh, in a lab. <laughs> And, uh, you know, (laughs) long story short, we had goggles, the masks, the hoodies, the zip-up suits that you can uh, throw away. Hazmat suits. Um, I think we scared a lot of people. and But, you know, rightfully so because, you know, right when we – it peaked like last week and right when we were traveling. uh, We wanted to be prepared. Rubber gloves, the whole deal. So uh, it was brutal. Let me just tell my side of it. Like we got on the plane – And I'm having a panic attack because I can't breathe. I can't see. I'm sweating my ass off. And so I took a couple Xanax. And uh, I figured I'd fall right asleep. So I get on the plane. And uh, thank God I fell right asleep. And then Jackie wakes me up. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're here already? And she's like, no, no, we we never took off. It's two hours later. And I'm like, what? All right. And so I'm like, oh, man. Uh, We had to go back to the gate and uh wait another five hours or so to fly but i was no good to her because i had like one drink uh, a xanax in the system and i just kept falling asleep anytime i stopped for a second and we needed me to be a little bit on the ball in order to like you know figure out when the flight if the flight was going to be canceled if we weren't going to get on another flight but she was on it and really kind of took care of all that and found out what we had to do and the best thing about it all was that a lot of people had connecting flights, didn't wind up getting back on that plane. So we had five to six rows in front of us, behind us, and all around us that nobody was sitting in, which made the flight much more comfortable. And uh, it wasn't so bad once we got up in the air.
0: That was good. That was like the G-rated vanilla version. Of yeah. Our experience.
1: <laughs> you want to give the, the more messy version of what it was?
0: I'm so proud of you, um, but not. Um, but yeah. So... I just have to say, meatballs, if you're going to the airport, you have to expect everything to take twice the amount of time at least than it's going to. like From the second we got there, you can't self-check in. You can't do anything. So everyone's waiting in a really long line. And right before we got to the front, there was a husband and wife. They had two kids. And they had enough luggage that could have lasted them for like the entire Brady Bunch family, it looked like. Mm -hmm. And of course, the mom... Who had like a kid strapped to her chest and was trying to entertain the like little daughter was arguing with the the airline worker trying to get discounts, saying certain bags were free. Now normally I'd be like, Yes, Queen, like get your discounts, but because we're all waiting in line, guess what? We are all standing there staring at them, just shooting daggers through the back of their heads because it's now making us be in line for an hour. So that was like the first bit, like no big deal though. Like whatever. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, I saw them coming,
1: but we were too busy dilly dallying to see if we can self check in that we didn't get in front of them. So I screwed that up. But
0: yeah, I told you it's not going to happen. And like, even then, like I, the entire time leading up to it, I was so nervous that they were not going to let me in the airport on the plane because of my temperature being too high like for some reason that was like my biggest concern which is
1: insane you're more worried about but, being embarrassed by someone saying sorry your temperature is too high like, because you always <laughs> run you, cause, because because I, I know because you always run hot and i know that because we sleep in the same bed and and i second i get in under the covers it's like i start sweating because because you just run hot so you thought you were going to get pulled out but they didn't even check our temperature did they
0: They didn't check our temperature. I he calls me the furnace. Ladies, gentlemen, whoever's listening, whoever can relate, it's it's just it is what it is. Some of us run hot. We have higher. I don't know. I think it's the ones that work out more. That's what I'm gonna say. So we finally get through that. We get through security. I'm in my hazmat suit. Literally, I'm getting like shade and side eye from the security people. Like they're laughing at me. Like. Calm down, ma'am. Like it was aggressive, but I didn't care because I wanted to make my parents feel like comfortable and safe. So we go in and my favorite thing to do with the airport is to get there two hours early, get through security, lounge, have a Cosmo, have a glass of wine, just chill and just like drink it up before we get on the plane. Well, that's not an option. Nothing's open. So spoiler alert, you basically just have to sit and wait for your plane. We get on the plane. I'm not going to lie. There's a Britney Spears documentary, which I watched the in entirety. Well, this one falls asleep. All of a sudden, they're like, we have to deboard. I am waking him up. He is like weekend at Bernie's like down for the (laughs) count. And I am like, okay, this is going to be on me. And guys, another thing you have to look out for everyone's like anxiety levels and tensions are so high. Like as we're deboarding, there was three young guys that like tried to run up to the front. They hit a dad that was trying to get stuff out of his like upper whatever that's called where you put your luggage and they started like yelling at each other and the dad were like walking out of the terminal back into the waiting area and he's like i'm gonna find you i'm watching you so you just have to like really be
1: the one guy from brooklyn who was like this airline sucks and yeah everybody was angry uh and then even worse when we got out
0: well there was a woman, some blogger who apparently was breastfeeding her kid and blogging about it. Sans mass, sans everything that made Tommy move out of his seat. Like yeah, in the no, I was sitting just-
1: in my seat and she's like decides to like use the place where you sit up at a bar and then plug in. She's like, I need somewhere to go cuz I don't have anywhere to go. So if you want to leave, you could leave, but and she throws this like her kid on there and starts wiping his ass. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, of course <laughs> I'm the one who's going to leave.
0: No, like stuff like that. Like, don't you do, don't just don't do not do. do not just do not do do not be an asshole is basically what we're trying to say. But five mm-hmm. hours later. I mean, I turned into the worst Karen, and I feel bad because I have an Aunt Karen who I absolutely love who's hot and not a psycho. But I literally – I have Weekend at Bernie's in the sitting area with me. No one can hear them talking on the speakers. They kept, like, updating announcements. No one could hear. And I finally walk up, and I'm like, no one can hear you and just lost right, my and shape. then she asked
1: me to go up and ask if I can get a first class from the same guy who pretty much gave her to stink eye. That wasn't going to happen either.
0: It was a whole thing. Bottom line, we made it. It was a triumph. (laughs) We got here. Um, And yeah, you're living like the resort life at the shore. I am making my parents nervous every time I leave the house here Mm -hmm. (laughs) in North Jersey. um, I'm I'm like
1: like hitting golf balls during the day. I'm running out of park at night. Uh, swimming in a pool on a boat, just like, because I'm alone, but I have all these activities and nature walks and things to do that make me not feel so cooped up, you know, and you're in a much more condensed area in North Jersey, which is still like being in a city.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, I do have to recommend if anyone like is going to see their parents, is that you do have to like remind yourself, like I haven't pushed my parents to do anything, but like I've been wanting to like go to the supermarket, go to certain places, go see a cousin here and there. And, um, you know, I kind of had to check myself. And when I say I did, um, my brother had a talking to with me and he was like, they're not comfortable with that. Like you have to like, just be respectful. So I guess you just have to really like, if you're going to go be with other people, you really have to quarantine. Um, we both got tests right before we left. And mm-hmm. now we both today got tests here. And my, we haven't talked about this. My experience was very different here than it was in California, getting tested for COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you do the test that I sent you?
0: No, I. Mm-hmm. we went to a clinic here.
1: All right. So everybody went in the family?
0: No, my mom and I went.
1: Got it. All right. So when we went in California, we were, had to like make, we had to kind of make it like we were sick. So we made sure that we can get it at a, at a place and we had to go through insurance. And we also got the, um, antibody test. So Jack, I went in there and Jackie oversold her sickness, which kind of ruined her whole experience because they treated her like she had the plague and no one wanted to go near her when she really wasn't that sick. And they let me go in the building. And they gave, took my blood and they you know, took my temperature and talked to me like an old person. And they actually did the swab for me in my nose. But they wouldn't even let her in the building. We had to drive up to the car. They had people come out in hazmat suits and tell her to crack the window a little bit, hand her the, the swab, and she had to stick it up her nose herself. Um, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But uh, we both came back negative on both. And we were hoping that at least one of us would come back uh, positive on the antibody. But that wasn't the case. So we had no COVID when we got on that plane. So if we have it now, it either came from the plane or someone we were with in our family when we got home. But what yes. was your experience like here?
0: Uh, today, it was it was chill. Like we pulled up again in the cars and it was different though because... They, I had to give myself the test in L.A., and here they did it to me because obviously I didn't over-dramatize anything. I said I had absolutely no symptoms, and I just wanted to get it done because I flew here. Um, mm-hmm. And they swabbed us in both nostrils with the same end of the swab.
1: Yeah, also, me too. Yeah, uh, but But here, here I, pulled up, I pulled up to a tent. The lady said, show me your ID through the window to keep the window up. I showed them my ID. They had already I'd already set an appointment at like a Rite Aid. Then she said, "Pull up the tent two. I pulled up the tent two. I cracked the window. They were standing on the other end of a six foot table, and they said, "Sir, I'm going to slide over this uh, kit. You open it up, put the Q tip in one nostril all the way back as far as you could until it's not comfortable anymore. Then do the other one for 15 seconds. Then break it off, put it in the little bottle, put it back in the little basket, and slide it back over to us. And that was it. They said they'll email me in five days.
0: Nice. So." Look at I mean, that. It's not that
1: you have to find a way to do it. I think everyone should do it. I know that will lead to finding out maybe more people have it that we're comfortable with, but at least you'll know if you're asymptomatic or you're trying to protect people around you that you love. You know?
0: Yeah. I think like every step of the way, it's better to know. Um, guys, thank you for tuning into this enthralling conversation. Um, but I hope it's informative because I know when I flew, I got a flood of DMS and texts from friends being like, how was it? Like I'm flying in a month. I'm flying in two months. Can you send me links to stuff? Like, I think it is like scary if you don't do it. So I hope this helps someone. I don't know. Um, (laughs) How are you doing? Do you miss me a lot? Like, is this I do. something? I can't wait
1: to see you, but you got to come here and you got to be clean. I need, I need test. I need a negative test results and I need you to wash your hands. And then you can hang out with me.
0: Um, All right, before we get to Bridget Case, because Bridget and I talked a lot about the NBA and how it was supposed to be starting at the wide world of sports in Disney. And we had a lot of of opinions on that because we both did dance competitions there and we thought that was actually a good idea. Now it kind of seems like a bad idea after we talked about it because Florida is spiking so goddamn hard. So I want to know if, A, I haven't seen the latest on it. Do you think they're still going to do that?
1: I think they're determined to get something started. You know, a lot of the owners are, are claiming that they need to make some revenue, um, but a lot of the players are whether it's because of the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, just not wanting to get sick or starting to get a little bit of a cold feet about it because I feel like that this is a time that we should be focusing on on some changes. Um, and other people are you know are afraid that their families themselves are going to get sick because some players are coming down sick. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's really going to come down to whether the players decide they want to or not. And if they don't want to, it's just not going to happen. Same thing with baseball. Baseball is set to yeah. go uh, by August or end of July ish. And uh, right now, so, some teams are, you know, get, there's some players that are getting, uh, that are quarantining, but they're going to open up their home facilities and, and get ready to play. Hopefully they do play in front of nobody. At least that'll be something for us to watch. You know? So I didn't answer your yeah, question at it'll all. It'll
0: definitely. No, not at all. Um, but that's, that's fine. Um, we also I wanted to talk to you about the PGA. Have you been keeping up with that at all? I know you've been playing golf, which I, I think is great. I'm trying to I play am, golf
1: here. I think you should tell me about it because the truth of the matter is, I, I gave up on the news, social media. I am just literally watching the waves roll in on the dock of the bay, and because because I'm I feel so much lighter and better not being connected at all because all it does is depress you. There's nothing I can do about it. So uh, unfortunately sports fall into that mix. There's nothing really going on right now anyway, but the PGA is playing in front of nobody. But uh, what do you got for me?
0: Well, no, and I do agree on like the unplugging of everything. I, when I got here, I noticed that the news was on 24 seven in my parents' house. And I spent one day just kind of like doing work in front of the TV and like working out and just like doing a bunch of things. And I was so anxious and upset by the end of the day that I've decided anytime I walk in the living room and it's on, I'm shutting it off and putting friends on because friends mm-hmm. is on all the time here. So it's definitely something I feel like we should all just watch out for because honestly, we're going to be looking at our phones. We're going to be paying attention to stuff. You don't need the news on 24 seven. I think it's something Twitter that's is going gar- to
1: come- Twitter is garbage. Facebook is just makes you upset that people you know in your own life have, are so messed up. I guess Instagram is still good to use if you want. Just be positive and turn the news TikTok.
0: off. I like TikTok.
1: And TikTok, that's, yeah. That's, we said that's fun, one. too. But yeah, yeah, Twitter and Facebook, that's the prehistoric now. And it's also just bad news, Brown. And yeah. Um, yeah, stay away from the news. The media will make you sick. That's what doing.
0: Yeah. Um, and also just keep a goddamn mask on your face. Everything's spiking. But just enough sports a lot of players have been doing well. They've had lower scores playing golf on the PGA tour since there's been no crowds. And they're saying that it's easier without fans, but particularly for the players that are newer and they're not used to contending and facing pressure packed greens on a Sunday and Saturday. So a lot of people are saying that Tiger Woods feeds off of the crowd's energy that like a lot of like, you know, seasoned golf, like professionals actually mm-hmm. love the crowd, but everyone that's been playing is kind of newer so far and they've been doing yeah. a lot better. For all They'll the guys that are doing
1: good right now are like they're dudes who are, who played, you know, coming up with their buddies and there's no one around. There's no pressure. So part of being a good pro I assume is having clapping and cheering and everybody watching you. And we'll see if when, when we get back to that, those guys are still playing at that caliber. Or if that will pressure yeah. will get to them. But that is interesting. I feel
0: like for me, I always love a crowd and an audience. Even I started doing my Plyo Jam classes, and we had to open all the shades from my parents' window. And my mom was like, We never open those, people could see in. And I was like, No, please open them. Like, it's better.
1: Michigan, um, all the time. Light, light,
0: light. We like light.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's for all sports, too. The best athletes in the world always shine or feed off of other people. And, you know, like, what is that quote from Michael Jordan that we liked when he said, you know, I I feel that people paid good money to be here. So I um, feel I, it's an obligation for me to put on the greatest possible show for them. Um,
0: exactly. You know, and I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's really hard. Like, I actually, this weekend, have Zoom comedy <laughs> shows coming up. And you guys can get all the info for that on my Instagram at Jacqueline Fuji, Facebook, Twitter, all of that on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm teaching on Sunday and it's definitely it's not the same. It's not the same as being at a club, but it'll still be fun. We'll still have all the laughs and it'll be a good effing time. Um Tommy Caprio, do you have any parting thoughts before we get to Bridget Case? No.
1: Love each other, turn the news off. Focus on the future. Enjoy yourself while you can. Because you know what? Everyone feels like life is on pause, but we are still living it. This is it. We're in it. Make the best of and it. And
0: I I love that. And I feel like also, and I know like last week we had the anti-racism and mindfulness girls, Meg Cozzolino and... Um, Hollis Maloney on. And we talked so much about Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening in the country right now. And everyone's been really progressive. And I know through my classes, we've donated money to causes and you and I went to protests. And I just feel like right now, like even though your entire feed is still not full of all of that stuff, there's still a lot more work that can be done. So please, again, go back to the episode notes. There's a bunch of links to so many resources to educate yourself, to become an ally, and to just keep being progressive with everything. It's not done, guys. Um, all right. Well, thank you for catching up, guys. This was this was fun. Um, I hope it was informative. Tommy Caprio, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Uh, you can find me at walking with Tommy on Instagram and that's it. Twitter's dead to me.
0: Twitter. Ooh, saucy. Um, you also have another podcast. What's your other podcast?
1: Oh, it's called walking with Tommy. Uh, Hey, I'm walking here with Tommy Caprio. And oh. you can check that out soon too.
0: Okay. And cool.
1: The uns- on the unsourced podcast where all yeah. podcasts are available.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for, for being here. Me you're the best, and you're the meatballs. Best. <laughs> you're the best, um, meatballs. Without further ado, I I know you're gonna learn a lot from my next guest. She's so inspiring. She talks a lot about career transitions, and she's very knowledgeable about sports in general and just life. Uh, so enjoy, Bridget Case. All right, meatballs. I am so, so, so honored and excited to introduce my guest this week. I was actually on her podcast a few weeks ago, and if you're having a rough day, she is going to make your day better. I'm going to make your day better. We talked a little bit before, and she's going through it. I feel like we all are at this point. So you know what? Let's just have a kiki. Let's crack open a White Claw or maybe a bottle of wine and get to know... <laughs> right? Um, I guess this week she's a sports journalist, host of After the Orange Slices and Turbo Talk podcasts, um, a retired NFL cheerleader, which is goals beyond, um, a mental health advocate, and she's just like the most bright energy in the room at all times. Um, welcome to What's Your Jersey, Ms. Bridget Case. Oh, thanks, Jacqueline. I'm so happy to be here. I'm like, you bring
2: me positivity. I feel like I'm getting
0: inspired just being here. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I'm going to be super cheesy right now. I had yeah. a quote that I saw today. Okay. Um, and I feel like there's been so much kind of like, negativity and just oh, yeah. just a lot that we've had to download mentally. Yeah. and you know, everyone just talking shit about 2020 and how it was the worst year and like all that. So I wanted to read this to kind of kick it off. Um, Thank you, 2020, for your transparency. Thank you, 2020, for showing us how we need to change. Thank you, 2020, for opening our hearts. And thank you for holding space where love can rise. And that's from the spirit daughter. And I feel like so Bridget, everyone does this like daily live podcast on Instagram. And it is such a space for positivity and for knowledge about sports and about people's journeys and lives to to live. And so I don't know, I saw that. And I thought of you immediately. Oh, I, I love that. But seriously, I'm
2: so about that right now. Because I'll, I'll be totally honest. Mm-hmm. You know, we all got I think a little bit freaked out about shoot, do I, do I post this, the, you know, the black square for Black Tuesday, Blackout Tuesday? Oh, am I doing something wrong? And then Blackout Tuesday backfired. And then, you know, we all went on this social media hiatus for a week. At least I kind of did. And feeling yeah. like we want to bring positivity and not post, you know, something that's wrong. And it just feels ridiculous. Like, we've gotten to the point where we all just need to have a conversation and be honest about how we're feeling. It doesn't matter if you're directly affected by what's going on in our world right now. Just be honest and just get out there and share your voice. So I'm I'm trying to really like reflect this week and work on that because I, I paused my my live show initially last week because I, I felt like I don't want to, you know, offend anybody by not by not just only talking about, you know, the most important um, issues that our world is facing right now, and what I figured out was, you know, what I have a public platform. This is a space for me to be able to use my voice for good and to let other people come on and use their voices. So I'm trying to completely kind of revamp my my Instagram live show and hopefully bring on people who are inspiring change and do that in a way where I don't feel like so nervous about. Posting because I think we're all feeling that and we're all afraid to say that, right?
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like we've all been kind of attacking each other in that yes. space. Um, I mean, cancel culture. I mean, oh guys, you're, you're listening to this a week later, but even today there was cast members of Vanderpump Rules that were fired, and like everyone is just out there and like what was done with that. I mean, that. Whatever, we don't have to get into it. Um, but I feel like everyone is just on high alert right now, mm-hmm. as we should be. But I feel like we also just need to be educating ourselves yeah. and admit when we don't know. You know, right. the right things to say and oh, ask. I, just ask. Just ask. Um, and be open minded. And I think what you're doing, you have been bringing positivity in the world. And I think going forward amplifying unheard voices that we need to hear more is so important and we have to listen and i feel like that's exactly what you just said listen and educate yourself yes you know i had on the podcast last week meatballs um Meg Casolino and Hollis Maloney. And it's all about, they started this whole mindfulness and anti-racism group. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to go back and listen to that, we go over all of this and how to just make yourself informed. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, I hate to say, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, you're like, yeah, no shit. We all are just whatever. Yeah. Um, but I know you just had a Twitch. Now, some of us that are that listen to what's your jersey podcast probably don't even know what Twitch is. Dude, I um, didn't even
2: know what Twitch was until a couple months ago. So <laughs>
0: exactly um so i want to know how did your twitch go what did you guys what did you just do yeah so what we're doing now on twitch it gets so crazy
2: is we have a live daily show on twitch now where rob robert turbin who's my co-host on turbo talk um he is a current nfl player super bowl champion we go on and talk about real life issues so it's not just sports so right now we get on there for an hour, 5 o'clock Pacific, and we just chat about real life. And we try to structure it, of course, like like it is an opinionated talk show. Um, and we we bring on guests every once in a while. We're going to have a roundtable coming up, I guess, when this airs, probably the week of. But, um, you know, I'll keep you guys posted where we bring on civil rights leaders, activists, activists. Um, People in the sports world, lately, we've just had athletes, but we're working really hard on getting people who are inspiring change, who are working on, you know, getting out in the front on the enemy lines and making change happen. So I'm excited about that. But lately, Turbo Talk Live has just been really amazing because it's been a platform for me to be able to use my voice in real time. And I've really missed being on live television, not for the reasons that most people think, you know, they think, oh, you want to be on TV and be a star? No, I miss that fire and the energy that you get from doing a live shot. You know, I, my background is in broadcast television. I was a sports anchor for years. And so I, I miss that, like that energy that comes from, you know, live, those live moments. And you could almost say the wrong thing. And especially right now, you know, we have to be careful. So for me, I kind of get that like nervous energy again, that's really exciting, even though it's not quite the same. But, um, you you know, the whole point of me working in the digital space now was because (sighs) traditional media is dying. That's just just the way it is. Nobody watches cable news anymore. And I felt like I was going to be able to succeed in um, this industry more. I mean, it wasn't a decision that I made, honestly. Like, I was kind of forced into the decision. But I'm so glad that that's where I am right now. So I guess my point in this roundabout way is Twitch is this cool space where it's like YouTube, but you're watching these shows in real time. It started as a place just for video gamers. And yes. now it's all about any kind of content where creators can go and um and create their own shows. And so and we're, we're actually working with Twitch. Um like I'm not gonna get into it too much because obviously for, you know, reasons, but um we're we're working with Twitch on creating this show so it's it'll become a very professional platform. And I'm I'm so excited about that because um they've been super supportive and and the future of it is just really exciting and there's a lot in store that like I can't share yet. But I'm so pumped just because I think it's going to change, change the world and how we consume media. And because right now, think about it with what's going on in our world. We're all going to people's Instagrams, Twitters, wherever, and seeing what each other are posting. That's how we know what's going on. That's how we're consuming our news. We're not all turning to CNN anymore. You know, we might congest, we might ingest a clip. I That's, honestly feel like you know. Santa
0: is probably my last resort when i right. hear the news. I mean, it, I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, I wanted to know, actually, how you met Robert Turbin because I love your rapport with him. And you guys definitely check out Turbo Talks. Um, you guys just bring, like, great energies to the table.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Actually, it was really funny. We were introduced by a mutual friend, and Rob came on my podcast. and we had a great show, but it's so funny because he tells the story like he had this like amazing time coming on my podcast. And of course, we were in totally different places. So he's on, you know, his phone, like, like kind of how you and I are doing right now. But we've we've got a really good established connection. And I could barely hear him like the whole time. It's just so hilarious how he tells the story because, uh, you know, apparently, like he was just feeling it so much and and of course like I loved the interview it was so great but it was just so funny cuz the whole time I'm like just like huh huh like I can't hear you I can't hear you and trying to make the interview go but anyway it was it was super fun and we had like such a great conversation afterwards we we really hit it off, just became instant buddies. And um, we were talking about Super Bowl that was coming up um, the next month. And and so we were both going to be there. So we just like, you know, exchange contact information. And, and we had talked about working on some um, future podcast stuff together, just kind of like, you know, as. Just bouncing information off each other, and um, so we get to Super Bowl, and I was recording a lot of live episodes at Super Bowl, which was going to be really fun, and he was going to be in the area, so I had invited him to come back on for another episode, and he ended up coming late, so he couldn't come on for that episode, so he got there late. This was like this place was so far from actual Miami. You'd be surprised how many how many um, events were so spread out during Super Bowl. It was it was crazy. So. I had him come on and co-host one of my episodes. We were not prepared, like, didn't talk about anything. It was so just it was we were so winging it so winging it and we were talking to this two wonderful ladies who are in pr they are for our madonna's former executive assistants like super Whoa. cool background these chicks were awesome like they were just so great and we had the best time interviewing them we just our flow was so great we had the, the chemistry was off the charts it just went great and then we were like inseparable for the rest of the week during super bowl and we just became best friends and now he's stuck with me and that's kind of that's just honest what happened, and so we ended up recording the first episode for his podcast um, on Radio Row later that week. And he kind of had this idea of, you know, I, I think I want you to be my temporary co-host. Wasn't sure if he really wanted me, you know, full time. We were kind of seeing how it would work, yeah. but our chemistry just, you know, worked. And so, you know, we realized that we both needed each other um, in a lot of different ways, and we complemented each other really well.
0: So that's that's how it happened, and then the rest is history. What we need to know is, has he let you try on the Super Bowl ring? No. Yeah, uh-huh. I wish. We'll get we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. You yeah. have to let us know. I'm sure it's epic. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know because I feel like the Super Bowl was like the last fun event we all got to like experience yeah. before COVID. Um, and at the time, I don't think anyone realized that the world was about to nope. shut down.
2: I did not take advantage of it enough, that's for sure. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. I watched your Instagram stories from it, and you looked a super hot, and B, it did look so much fun. I mean, it was
2: definitely a blast, and I got to go to some really really fun events that I'm just like, is this real life right now? Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's where it, it definitely. You know, you you work hard in the industry for such a long time. And I think the play comes off. I mean, the play pays off. You know, you, you get to finally celebrate your hard work. And of course, not everybody there has been in your shoes. But for me, I've been working my ass off in this industry for a very long time. And so it's really fun for me to be able to now just like, I don't know, go and celebrate my Hard work. You know, before this year, I think it's been a little over a year now. My last two years where I was a sports anchor up in Washington, I only had one Saturday off each year. Wow. One Saturday off. And I don't mind it. Like I love working on weekends, you know? I, I love the grind. That's I I, I love it. But
0: I, I, I think I a lot of people
2: can't relate to that, you know?
0: I I relate to that, that go, go, go energy. And totally. I feel like I I feel like there's two types of people, especially in quarantine right now, where mm-hmm. either you've like kept yourself really busy, you've kept yourself on a schedule, or you're like sleeping all day and you're actually taking advantage and recharging. Um, I'm the first one. Oh, uh, same. <laughs> which it's interesting. I um I feel like it's it's hard to just tap out and recharge and take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is something that's so important right now. And you have talked about mental health and how you're a mental health advocate. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know how you've been coping and just kind of dealing with everything over the past three months.
2: You know, it's so funny. I've dealt with depression for a very long time in my life. And most people look at me and would be like, how are you depressed? You know, but some of the most happy people in life that you'll ever meet deal with the darkest depression. You know, look at Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain. Like there are people who you don't know what they're going through beyond the surface. And yeah. I, I always remind people of that. Um, But with that, it's been really funny because I've, I, I ha- still do weekly sessions with my therapist. And I told her when this first all hit and we all had to go on lockdown, I said, you know, I feel less anxious than normal. I'm like, I don't worry as much. I, I'm waking up every day excited, less tense. I l- have less depressed days. And she told me that a lot of her patients are the same way. So a lot of people who have dealt with clinical depression and um, anxiety for you know their entire lives wow. were actually experiencing less anxiety because everyone else has started to experience anxiety. So it's kind of like, welcome to my world you know, like this, is this is, this is it. Um, and, and it's funny, but I, for me, I have a lot, of, I experience a lot of social anxiety, um, yeah. which people like look at me again and would say like, how, how you, you love talking to people. Well, in, in certain situations, but for me, it takes a lot for me to go to an event. Like I have to really prepare myself. Um, it, it's like, I will be shaking before something. Um, usually once I get there, I can, I can turn it on, but it takes a lot for me. Like I want to cancel things. Usually I want to cancel plans with friends. I'm such a homebody. I'm actually very much an introvert, which people don't realize. So for me, this whole time in quarantine, I've actually really been thriving because I love being behind, you know, behind a screen (laughs) and everything forever. (laughs) Yeah. My mom was laughing. She's like, you're loving this. She, she just was laughing at me because she knows that this is like my dream. Of course, now I'm going a little bit stir crazy because I want to be able to go to dinner and like, you know, go out and stuff and, and have fun. And um, but, you know, for me, I just I was able to embrace it. But I've had to definitely support my friends who who really rely on constant human expo- um, interaction, you know, and and I've kind of been that that person for them, and seeing that everybody else is struggling now, I've been that that light and that shoulder to lean on, yeah. explaining to them, "Hey, it's going to be okay." You know, these are the ways that I usually cope when I have my bouts with depression, and um, you can do this too. You know, it, it's going to be okay. And and I, I think the biggest thing is acknowledging it and acknowledging that this is temporary, um, but for me, I've actually been in the best place in my life. You know, I'm actually worried about when I
0: do go back to real life, because I'm enjoying this so much. No, I feel like that's everyone. Um, Before we go back to real life, we've been playing a little fun game called Who Would You Rather Quarantine With? Um, (laughs) So guys, Bridget is from, you're originally from VOC, you're from Southern California. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to know, would you rather quarantine with the cast of Laguna Beach or the cast of The Real Housewives of OC?
2: Um definitely Laguna Beach. I've yes!
0: act- I've actually been Uh wait, what? No, I feel the same way. Oh my gosh.
2: Um I actually I still have not watched the episode, but I do know that one of the episodes of last season on Real Housewives, I was in the background during dinner um at the table next to all the All the housewives, so you can you can see me, watch watch me dinner, guys. Guys, we got some
0: scoop. Were you at Javier's in Newport? I feel
2: like they always film there. Um, actually, I go there all the time. Like that is my number one spot before I hit the bars. Um, I like seriously, and that's always where we go for my birthday if I'm in town. But even when I was younger, like yeah, that's kind of my family's. Like that's our spot. Um, and it's so funny. Yeah, when I found out more that that's like where they go. But no, we were actually at the bungalow in um corona del mar it's like our other favorite spot but it was just hilarious because yeah it was it was funny i don't
0: know like were they really being like a shit show like they appear to be on camera were they honestly they no they were really silent
2: the the husbands were on their phones the whole time not paying (laughs) attention it was so funny like I, I I just was like, where's the drama? Like, why
0: is that? Nothing's happening. You're like, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, okay, sure, for sure. <laughs> um, definitely Laguna Beach. That yeah. I agree with that answer. Okay, um, Britney Spears or Lady Gaga?
2: Oh, that's a hard one. Know, oh my, Sophie's choice. <laughs> it really is. When I w- okay a couple years ago, I would have said Britney, but now I'm I'm like. Now I've turned into this such a big Lady Gaga fan, and I'm I'm so obsessed with her new "Rain on Me" anthem. I just I play it all the time. I oh, and uh, yeah. I, she's just like come out and been so much more real lately. I, I appreciate that in the past couple of years, yeah. um, you know. And I think we need to see that with more pop culture icons and i don't even know that much about pop culture but i know like we just
0: need everyone to get raw and honest authentic for god's sakes um okay odell beckham or michael strahan oh gosh, i know right (laughs) i mean
2: i feel like michael strahan's so fun you see him in so many different kinds of environments because now that he's experimenting like as a host in so yes. many like he he's killing it on good morning america and oh. i mean i wish he stayed with kelly that's for sure but but i mean i i just think he's kind of a jack of all trades yes
0: all right we got two more um the cast of big little lies the series
2: mm-hmm.
0: or the cast of sex in the city
2: oh big little lies for sure <laughs> For sure. Reese Witherspoon is like my, she's my icon. And oh my gosh, TV has changed so much since Sex in the City aired. I used to be such a big fan and I've seen every single episode. Wow. But I mean, now it's just so different. We're into all the intense shows now. We're not so much into the I I- rom com, but you, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's gonna come back around. I feel like now yeah. uh, we've been so intense, and I feel like coming out of all of this and just starting true. over, people just—I I, think—are gonna want to feel like light and laugh. And that's true. We need you. Like, yes, we need an escape. Um, yes. I had a cool thing when Big Little Lies was premiering. I was walking down Sunset with some girlfriends, uh-huh. and this like adorable blonde walked by us. And then I stopped and I went, oh my God, that's Reese Witherspoon. And we turned around and she was taking a picture of the HBO building with the big little live poster on it. It was right before it premiered. And it was really refreshing because she was alone. It wasn't like she had a publicist or someone with her. And then she posted the picture on Instagram and it was just like a really cool kind of like voyeuristic moment where you got oh, to see really. a celebrity kind of be like fuck yeah <laughs> and <Yes. they> just-
2: <laughs> and, yeah. and st- that they still celebrate those little those little victories like she's been in the industry forever yeah. and she's she's not too big to do that i oh that's why i love her
0: i feel like you could play her daughter in something um, I feel like- yeah well a lot of people tell me that i look like her for yeah, one have big reese witherspoon energy
2: thank you too we have the same <laughs> birthday so
0: Stop. When's your birthday? March twenty second. Look at you. Uh, twenty two. That's my lucky number. I knew I liked you, Bridget. Um, <laughs> and our last one: Beyonce or Rihanna? I think Rihanna. I love her. Yeah. God, I would just want her to bring all of the the Fenty beauty lines. Well, That's why I love her. Like she, again, she's just killing it on all ends. She really is. I wouldn't kick either out. They're both amazing. No, Um, totally. Well, I love everyone you would quarantine with, Bridget. Um, Mm -hmm. Now let's get to you. So the point of What's Your Jersey podcast is to find out where you're from and how the hell you got to where you are, girl. Mm Um, so tell the meatballs where you grew up and just what little mini Bridget was like when you were a little girl. Oh, my gosh.
2: Well, I was definitely a big ball of energy. That's for sure. And I Grew up all my life dancing before I could walk. My parents put me in classes at a very young age. Um, I just knew that it was like what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But also, I I was so immersed in sports culture at such a young age. So my parents, um, of course, like I grew up in Orange County. but So we had season tickets to UCLA football games and basketball games. So I grew up going to so many college games. I just... Like loved the culture. I loved watching the the dancers. The like the cheerleaders were just so magical to me. And I loved watching the game. But yeah. to me, I just felt like, whoa, this is the coolest way to have a front row seat, you know? And yeah. so that to me was always, always my dream. Um, but I did always know that I just wanted to be attached to college football specifically. Um, my dad I- would put us in the car in the mornings, my brother and I, and we would drive. There's this this little um bagel shop. It's still there in Irvine. And we would drive there at like 5 a.m. in the morning and we would get bagels and smoothies and he'd wrap us up in blankets. And then we'd go and we'd sit on the couch and we'd watch college football all day. And that was our thing when we were little. I mean, of course, things changed once we were both really active. and um, But, you know, it was just such a magical moment for me. And I used to always go up to the TV and when I would see people on TV talking about sports, I was like, I want to do that.
0: So, um, when it was I funny, know, like, I, 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 yeah, I no, because that's how I grew up. And that's how uh-huh. I fell in love with sports was just going to games mm-hmm. with my dad, with my brother. Honestly, in the background, there was always a football game on like that noise, well, exactly. like live sports. That makes me feel at home. Right. So, I want to know your opinion. Do you think it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you think you just being in that environment because of your dad just automatically made you like sports or do you think it's something inside of like a little girl, little boy that like just naturally connects with it? Because some people will be like, "No, I don't want to go as a little kid," or they won't be fixated on it, you know? Yeah.
2: That's a really good question. Ugh. Because you're so right. When I didn't understand how other kids didn't love sports as much as I did. Like they didn't want to spend all day watching games. I didn't yeah. get that. You know, that to me didn't make sense. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and and that made me sad. Like, and I especially didn't understand why some other girls didn't like it. And that that really made me sad. And I, I always felt different in that way. And like, I'm sure you experienced that. Um, but yeah, I would say, hmm. I definitely think there was something different inside of me. That's for sure. But yeah. what really ignited it was my dad's routine with us. You know, like initially, my mom had always been like, okay, you get one day on the weekend. You either get college football or NFL. That's initially what her rule was with my dad. <laughs> and um, and uh, eventually things changed once she saw how much my brother and I loved football. Yeah. And so then she grew to really love football. So it's just funny how that happens. You know, it's kind of backwards.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. My mom never liked it. She's like, you guys can go do your thing. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, and of course, like it was different once, you know, I went to University of Oregon and then I was an Oregon cheerleader. And it was so amazing because, oh, my gosh, we had the most incredible opportunities. I got to cheer in a national championship in 2011 um, against Auburn and oh my gosh, the just I it was the best experience of my life. And my parents came to almost every single game. They made it to so many away games. Um, They came to every bowl game. And that's like my mom, of course, was the biggest football duck football fan. Like they just oh my gosh, it was so cool to have them in the stands. And um, yeah, it was just such a magical moment. And then of course, to go on and cheer in the NFL was just, you know, so so big time for me. And getting to live out my my dreams
0: did you watch the series cheer on netflix
2: i've watched part of it um i will say a little bit of it makes me a little bit sad so i can't really watch all of it anything dance and cheer related um i have a hard time watching i'm i feel like i'm still a little bit too close to it that um i miss it too much in that sense Uh, and there's always part of me that's always like oh you know did, did I, did I retire too early? But I know that's not the case for me. I was, I was really burnt out. I also like had a nagging back injury, but also I, I had just, I had danced for over 22 years, you know? So for a really long time in my life, that was all I knew. And I just knew that there were other things that I wanted to pursue in my life and mm-hmm. I could somehow still be connected, you know, to it. Yeah. Um but it, it was hard for me to leave so I've not completely w- finished the series but um I, I'm glad people are watching it that's for sure I've seen a couple I've seen like two episodes
0: I totally understand that my brother played sports professionally and it was really hard for him also once he stopped to mm-hmm. even watch for a while but rest assured you will get over that totally. um for sure. I, I do also love dance, though. And I wanted to know growing up, like, who are your favorite dancers? Who are your favorite choreographers? What, like, what to you was the most iconic choreography growing up that just inspired you?
2: Oh, my gosh. of oh, cor- Thriller, 100%. That was like <laughs> the music video I lived off of as a kid. Like That was it for you the number one absolutely and also like i loved paula abdul even though she i didn't think she was a great singer but she inspired so much as an entertainer because you know she was a laker girl and then she turned her dance career into this amazing like amazing opportunity where she worked with all of these different entertainers and and so i was inspired by all of these people who um started as, as one thing and then kind of built themselves, morphed themselves into something else. And so that was always something that reminded me like, wow, Bridget, you really can do anything you want. Um, and, and I still remind myself of that. Like to this day, as a journalist, I always remind myself like, you're still a journalist, even though you are rocking it on a digital medium, something completely different, and untraditional and not the path that you thought you were going to take. That's still you. You're still a dancer, you're still that former NFL cheerleader. that is part of you forever. Don't forget that because part of me still like feels disheartened sometimes because I do forget that because I'm not out there um, that that's not my job anymore. but I have to remind myself that's still like part of my identity and I can't lose that. And once I really recognized that and started started appreciating that and using that to tell my story, more people resonated with me because they were like, hey, you know, I used to do this, whatever. Or I played this sport for that long time. And, and I lost myself when I when I left. And, you know, there are so many Bridgets out there who have felt the same way that I did. And yeah. it's, it's so cool because now I feel, even though, like I said, like I'm not watching as many, um, like I haven't watched, you know, cheer. And, and I haven't watched certain documentaries. Now I feel closer to my sport than ever because I've connected with so many current professional dancers, I've, I've connected with a ton of former NFL cheerleaders. It's like this, this huge web, this network that we have, because we've all been through the same thing. And um, before I I felt like I was still too close to it to, yeah. be, you know, I don't know. And, and also I wanted to make it on my own as a journalist so much. I didn't want to be like, oh, well, like, you know, I, I did this and this and this and this and, and use that. But then I realized like, once I left my last job as a sports anchor and I was working on building my own independent platform, I realized that is part of of you. Like I, I just said, it's part of you.
0: Why not own it? Yeah, that'll always be a part of you. And honestly, as a little girl... I was obsessed with Paula Abdul and I would watch this documentary. I can't remember the name of it over and over again. And the thing that resonated the most with me as a little girl was listening to her story of going to the auditions for being a Laker girl, Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. leaving and waiting in line. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was what it was like for you to audition and the process, like getting into becoming an NFL cheerleader. I just want to know like what that day was like for you. Oh my gosh.
2: Well, I was, I mean, I was so nervous. I made my mom go with me. Like I was like a five-year-old. I, I made my mom go and drive me to auditions because I was nervous. And of of course, you know, nobody can, can go in because they're they're closed auditions. But I... Like I said, I, I grew up in Orange County, so the, the Chargers, of course, were in San Diego at the time. So San Diego Charger girl trials were down there. My mom drove me down. She was so awesome. She waited that entire first day um, for me, and I think that that helped. But that's that can tell you how nervous I am. I was, um, especially because like the veterans make you feel even more nervous. They all walk in together. The first yeah. round, the veterans get a bye. So they walk in afterwards and they've already learned the first part of the, of the combination. Oh, um, and come so, on. Yeah, it's like, and oh my gosh. So, but it's so nervous because they all walk in together and they're in this group and God, it just makes you nervous. But um, I also was extra nervous because they were profiling me. Fox Sports um, was doing a, like they were following, I think three or four girls who auditioned. And I think half of us made it. I I can't remember, honestly, but I was one of the ones who was picked. So I'd end up bringing one of the days I had to bring my dogs down to the beach and we had to do a photo shoot, like a video shoot down there. So it it was fun because that made me feel honestly, really confident once I got picked, um, because I, I felt like, wow, like they're interested in my story. They're interested in my background. And that to me felt like I felt initially, you know, I have something here. Maybe maybe it's why they want me to make the team. But then I also saw, okay. no, they they they're all they also got to love drama. So who knows? I could totally not make it. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it is a lot of back and forth. There are a lot of mind games. That's for sure. Yeah, um, you can't get in your head. Oh, I my gosh. Do. Yeah. It's, they really, really do. And the interviews, I, I think, are the hardest part because people don't realize it's not just about your technique. It's not just about getting out there and dancing. You have to go through rigorous interviews, both one-on-one interviews and panel interviews with, I think it's like six to eight women at a time, um, and so it's intense. And they bring in intense people to come and um, and interview you, and and that I think was like the worst part. Um, what yeah. kind of stuff did they ask you? I remember. Well, you have to study. You have to study a lot about the organization, so you got to be prepared on your, you know, San Diego Chargers, well now LA Chargers, um, football history and just information. Um, They they want to know all about you outside of being an NFL cheerleader. So they want to know what your goals are. They want to know that you have ambition. They want to know your story because they want to compile this very unique squad made up of women who are driven to do something more than just be a pretty face on the field. And that to me is the coolest part about being part of, an NFL organization is they really do value who you are um as a human being. That that to me is so special. And I'll never no one can ever take that away from me. As much negativity as there is out there, and of course, yes, like I will put this out there. I know everyone's thinking it, yes, I wish I got paid more. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I will flat out say that we did not get paid enough. And yes, there are so many things that I struggled with whether it come to body image, you know uh, like I hated getting weight weighed once a week. it was so it was so the mental mind games just were horrible. but all of the incredible skills that I developed as a woman, not just as a dancer, but like I developed so much as a human being being a charger girl because, you have Toastmasters training which if anybody doesn't know that's public speaking training you do so much you do so much community service you just learn a lot and you don't realize you're really learning it until you leave the organization yeah. and I, I'm so grateful I had that experience I I don't know what I would have done if I didn't and, and I'll tell you this I know like we were asking more about if I was um, what that experience was like trying out I would have told you, I probably wouldn't have gone back. Like I was really nervous walking in that first day. And if I didn't make it, I don't think I would have tried out again. And that would have been really that would have been such a, a travesty because I know some of my teammates tried out five, six, seven times before they made the squad. And I have so much respect for them because of that grit and that tenacity. For me, I would I was like, well, you know, it just means that maybe it's not, it's not the right time. Maybe it's not meant for me. I learned so much from the fellow women that I performed with who it took so much for them to make it. And I, from then on, never took a spot that I earned for granted again, whether it was a job, whether it was me earning a spot as an NFL cheerleader, whatever it was, I never took that for granted again because I realized how hard people have to work and, um, and, and how much I deserved to be there because I had worked so hard all my life and sacrificed so much. There was a reason my, you know, I, I was talented definitely. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I learned so much. I never took anything for granted after that. Um,
0: I want to know your advice on transitioning your career because I know, especially right now, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to go back to what I was doing before. Like I, this is not the right path. How do I change things up? So I just want your advice to the meatballs on how to transition, how to change, you know, what you're focusing on. What, what could you recommend?
2: I will tell you, it was so hard that first year. I didn't realize how depressed I was, but oh my gosh, I was in some deep trouble with my mind. I mean, I didn't realize how to take care of myself. I was so focused on the wrong things. I had prioritized things wrong um, and I wasn't taking care of myself and I didn't realize that I was dealing with a loss. You have to, you have to grieve because that's a part of you that that's passed away. And passed on, yeah. and you have to be okay with grieving. You can't just ignore it. And I think for some times, I tried to ignore it, and that's why it was so hard for me um, to transition initially because mm-hmm. I tried to push it out of my mind for so long. And now I'm embracing it. Um, but you know, it, I, I it was so difficult. It was Jack. Oh my god, it was it was so hard. Um, and and of course, I don't think it's ever going to be easy for anyone. Yeah, but. I would say even if you have a plan leaving your sport or whatever it may be that you dedicated your entire life to, it's not going to be easy and you're not going to be able to just go immediately to the top. I never thought that I would jump straight to ESPN or Fox Sports as a journalist, but I definitely thought that with all of the connections that I had made over the years, that I would have you know, easier time, maybe just climbing the ranks. That was so not the case. My first job in the industry, I was driving from San Diego to Palm Springs, which is a two and a half hour commute. I was driving there to work the morning show. And then I would go to practice at night. This is like when I was first getting my in. This is when I was finishing up my contract as a charger girl. It was crazy. Like for a year I did this. I never slept. I slept basically on the couch at work, um, but I did anything it took me to just get my in. And finally, you know, my, uh, NBC Palm Springs, they saw how hard I was working that they gave me a shot on air. You know, I had started as a, an intern for a, a month and then I, it turned into a production assistant job. And I basically had lied about being in grad school. That's the only way I got an internship, but, yeah. but, um, and that's just what Fake you gotta do. You make it, guys. What? to make it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I ended up just going back to grad school anyway, mostly yeah. on mostly online. But um but I, I'm glad I did it. But you know, the anchor went to bat for me. I just got on the desk, I started doing reps, practicing. I was terrible. I was so bad. But we had somebody leave, our normal Friday night football reporter. He got a job in Ohio, and so our main anchor, he went to the news director and said, listen, she's young. She's hungry. She loves sports. She knows what she's talking about. Let her try. You know, if she falls flat on her face, so what? Like, yeah. you know, this isn't national TV. So they gave me a shot. And that was my first on-air experience. So I I was working in Palm Springs, grinding it out. And I, you know, did cover, of course, a lot of like regular news. A lot of shootings and, um, you know, br- brutal stuff. A lot of standoffs. I had to, I had to hang out with the SWAT team for hours on end. And what? You know, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of crazy stuff, and that's why, like, I'll never go to Coachella because I always tell people, I'm like, you guys, I've seen some crazy things out in Indio, like dead bodies, and, or you know, just things that make me. I, I don't want to look at be at the polo fields. So that's just not. Got you know, it.
0: I I think of it in a different way, so um. I've I mean when I went I didn't see any dead bodies, but it was probably because no. I was so drunk it didn't matter. That's um, yeah,
2: there's that too.
0: But <laughs> there's yeah. that.
2: It, it, but I mean you gotta do what you gotta do. And I mean I'm so glad I did it, but um the transition is difficult. You gotta do what you gotta do. And I mean, I don't know if that's good advice or not, but I mean for me I made a ton of mistakes along the way. A ton. I should have never left my job at at NBC in Palm Springs. I, I went and took a job with a with a tennis team that was a lot of empty promises. Mm-hmm. And but I learned a lot. I learned a lot from taking that job because I realized what my priorities were. I realized how I was so concerned about the wrong things. And um that's when I realized, okay, you know what? You gotta buckle down here, Bridget, and just focus. And so then I moved to Washington and I was a sports anchor up there and um I just grinded it out for the next couple of years and and then that's what led me here. Of course, I was disappointed when my contract ended because I had an agent who had basically had some jobs lined up for me and, and one that uh, I, I thought that I was headed to and yeah. these are, you know, big markets. And so I, I dropped everything and I didn't resign a contract because I, I thought that I was headed somewhere. And of course, again, I, I learned don't put your faith in somebody else before putting in a faith in yourself. Like, I needed to believe in myself and believe that I could advocate for Bridget better than somebody else who didn't see the talent and the the spark in me as much as as I did. You know, I, I, I'm so glad that I see that now because now I feel like I'm I am my best advocate. I'm my biggest cheerleader. And I love that and I wish more of us were more confident and were more able to say, Hey, like you're beautiful today. Look in the mirror and say, you're beautiful. Oh my, like, you're an amazing person. Why is it so bad? Like, why is women, don't we tell ourselves more that we are amazing and we're gorgeous?
0: I I just wish we did that. I, um, I was just talking with a girlfriend, Jessica J. Hi, if you're listening. Um, she does spray tans and hair and everything. Mm -hmm. Her and I, we're always talking, she takes my classes And the other day I was just like, oh my God, like I've gained so much weight. I can't even look in the mirror. And she would not let me even finish the sentence. She was like, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to talk badly about ourselves. Like, let's just not. Mm -hmm. It's just not something we should be doing anymore. There's other issues going on and you have to speak nicely to yourself right now. Yes. Yes. And it it took me back a minute because I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm like used to complaining about this. And I was like, (laughs) no. No. Thank you for checking me. Like, if I'm not going to be nice to myself, who else is going to be? Right. You know? Totally. Yeah, and it I doesn't really- mean you're
2: vain. I think we, all, we as women are so insecure about being like, well, I don't want people to think that I'm obsessed with myself. No. But no. We need to be kinder to ourselves so we can be kind to others.
0: I do wanna know, um, and I had some meatballs ask this, your fitness tips and health tips, like you're in incredible shape. I wanna know it's summer, we're all eventually gonna be emerging out of our houses. I, I definitely have an extra like layer of puff going on. Do you have anything you recommend for us? Because it is summer and we do need to stay active. Okay. You wanna know my
2: real tips. So I this is okay. I try to get up every one to two hours and I'll do 20 squats and then I will hold um, I will hold the position down in a squat or for anybody kind of like a parallel plie um, or do a sumo squat, basically like a, a second position plie and I will hold it there for 20 seconds. I will lift my heels, do 20 of those. And then stand up. And I will try to do that every couple of hours while you're working. Because think about it. We're sitting down so much. So if you can't get a full workout in, those are my best tips, honestly. Like, get the little things in. Um, if you feel like you just need to get the blood flow going, just do 14 push-ups. That's, that's my number because I we had, a, you know, two good family friends who passed away earlier this year. And, um, and the little one, that was, you know, her number. And so... I always do 14 push-ups for her. That's always my thing. Aww. And um so, Yeah. And and I and I like I love that because it, it gets my day going. But I always know I don't put pressure on myself if I can't get a full workout in because I'll get up, you know, in between like you know, phone calls, emails, whatever it may be, and I'll just start doing squats. And I'll put either music on, um, my dogs might be jumping all over me, whatever it may be, just move like but that's seriously like it takes no time and it makes the biggest difference i'll be so sore seriously
0: i also recommend my dad when we were little always said if you don't have any equipment you just sit on the wall so basically you get into like a 90 degree yes oh my
2: gosh that's so funny you said that because my dad used to always do that when we were little and we would sit on top of him
0: It's so funny. I feel like any dad that like wanted athletes when when we got older, that's what they made you do. Go sit on the wall. It's so hard. It's so simple and so easy, guys. Go sit on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you normally eat, though? Um, Your diet is it all over the place, or do you you pretty? Are you pretty strict with like a regimen of what you eat?
2: So, I mean, I'm pretty open about this because it's so. That's why, like, I'm such a mental health advocate. I actually am. I've recovered from a uh, binge eating disorder about four years ago. So wow. I'm very, very, um, I wouldn't say lo- loose is not the right word, but I don't, I don't count calories. I don't keep track of what I'm eating because it, it was to the point where when I was in college, I used to call my mom every day and tell her what I ate. Um, there was that. And then I would bin- go on these binge and, and purging episodes where I would hide pizza boxes and cookies under my bed. And like, yeah. like you know, just ridiculous things. And so, for me, it, it's hard to be around people who um, are really, really intense with tracking their, you know, macros and all that and stuff. And it, like, if that works for you and that doesn't make you obsessive, then that's yeah. great. But I do want anybody who's listening and who feels like that's overpowering their life. It doesn't have to. There are other ways. I don't weigh myself. I just go by off my I just go by my pants. You know, I, I check my jeans every once in a while. Um, so I don't know how much I weigh. And I don't care. Uh, because it matters how I feel. And honestly, for me, like I feel better. Sure, when I eat better. So I, I do protein, protein smoothies, um, my, my favorite that I do is I do two scoops of protein powder, whatever you, you want to do. I do, usually do like hemp or pea protein. Um, okay. I'll do two scoops of protein powder. I'll do two scoops of peanut and cashew. Like it's like a peanut, cashew, almond uh, combo butter. So uh-huh. it's a ton of protein, high fat. Uh, and then I'll do a little bit of almond milk or, or, um, or oat milk, whatever I have. And then a ton of spinach, throw a ton of spinach in there. I'll put whatever berries i have usually like raspberries or, or strawberries and blueberries throw a bunch of berries in there and i think is that about it and then i blend it all up and oh my gosh it tastes so bomb it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich so good and right? i try to start my day with with one of those um of course like sometimes i switch it up but um that for me is just such a killer either snack or way to start um, but I, like, I love donuts. So I'll, I'll go and treat myself to a donut every once in a while. I don't deprive myself. I feel like depriving yourself is the number one way that you will gain weight and the number one way that you will, you know, get off track and start obsessing. So exactly. just, I would say, don't deprive yourself. Everything in moderation. That's how I was raised. I mean, I'm assuming you're the same way. Like, I grew up on a ton of pasta and a ton of carbs. Yes. And so, like, I... I was raised that way, and so um, I just like realized early on. Okay, you know, this is this is how I like am used to eating my entire life. I just got to cut back here, here, and here. I'm not going to completely deprive myself of the meals that I've been eating my entire life.
0: I love that, and I also love that you just shared all of that with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, it um, was a lot. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I've dealt with eating, dis- spe- specifically binge eating and yeah. purging disorder stuff, and. It definitely is the same type of thing where now I don't weigh myself. I go by how my clothes fit. I try not to buy magazines and try not to get too crazy when mm-hmm. it comes to like Instagram comparing deep diving holes. And yeah, you can't deprive yourself. And the number one thing is also you cannot beat yourself up if you fall off one day, but you have to That's be right. strong and get back on track the next day. There's
2: always the next day. There, are yes. always there.
0: Um, guys, so Bridget has this amazing podcast called After the Orange Slices, and you could tell them really quickly how you got that name, and then I, I'm going to ask you a few questions about your pod. Okay, yeah.
2: So, uh, I got the name After Orange Slices because if anybody's played youth sports growing up, you know that after the game, you always look forward to a team snack or yeah. or something that the team mom brings. Uh, so in my head as a kid, like growing up in the 90s, it was always orange slices. Like besides Gushers or Capri Sun or one of those really processed foods, orange slices were always such a major staple. And I will forever have that happy memory. And every single person that has you know played sports as a kid growing up whatever it may be can relate to that and so so much of my podcast focuses on athletes transitioning into life after sports discovering their identity or athletes who are still playing and figuring out who they are off the field so after orange slices like after the game that's where it came from of course the podcast has transitioned into a lot more since um i launched but yeah oh that's, my god that's how it I- happened
0: I love your podcast and I love the variety of guests you have on. There's always a takeaway that no matter who you are in life, that it can resonate with you. Um, I wanted to know if you had any takeaways from doing the podcast, like, do you have any favorite guests or favorite moments or just something that resonated with you that you would love to share with, um, the meatballs?
2: I mean, I didn't realize how much it would help me like the podcast starting my pot. Oh, oh starting my solo podcast has been so therapeutic for me. Like I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm mentally more stable than I've ever been in my life. And I truly believe a lot of it is because I get to help people every single day. I get to tell their stories and I get to relate and create relationships. It's so just heartwarming and fantastic. And I I love that. So I think selfishly, it's been so good for me you know yeah. it, it's i i don't know how to better explain it but it's it's therapeutic
0: which means it'll be therapeutic for you guys mm-hmm. so you should mm-hmm. definitely check it out um we're going to do a quick just enough sports section you were an nfl cheerleader you still talk about the nfl you have a podcast with an nfl player we have the nfl season apparently still happening at this point <laughs> right it's
2: Oh, I think so. Who (laughs) knows at this point? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I I think we will have a season. I'm assuming we will not have fans in the stadium, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. I want to know, do you have any predictions or anyone you're like rooting for?
2: Honestly, I, well, I mean, of course the chargers are forever my team, but I'm just concerned because, you know, there's been so much back and forth, um, with the state of emergency with, of COVID in L.A., you know, of course, now things are starting to open up a little bit more. But wow. initially it was like, well, we might not even be able to have football in L.A. And that sucks so much for the Rams and the Chargers who are getting this brand new, beautiful stadium. And they're going to have to figure out, OK, do we go play in in Vegas with the Raiders? Do we go play in Arizona with the Cardinals? Like, it's just a sucky situation overall. It's and so it's for you.
0: <laughs> what? There's like no home base. It's like,
2: yeah. like why did they move them? <laughs> exactly, right? Totally. <laughs> the irony there. Can you believe that? Like, unreal. So, yeah. um, who? So who knows? I'm just honestly hoping that we are able to get these teams into um the new SoFi Stadium. But it'll be such a bummer if we can't get any fans in there because all of the money that's been spent uh to put these incredible fan-filled experiences in there. I mean, the like the virtual, I don't even know what, what it's all called, but all that like virtual reality, you know, all the AR technology, all that stuff is, that's what the stadium's filled with. It's yeah. so cool. Um, oh. it, it's going to be a really fun experience whether you like football or not. That's the whole point of it, to get more people there, to get all of the, you know, influencers in Hollywood, like whoever's there who don't yeah. like football and can be like, hey, you know, go to a game, even though, no one goes to the football games in L.A. You should well, go. I mean,
0: just such an experience. Totally. Like, that's my favorite thing about going to football games. Right. It's so exciting. So um, I'm just praying, praying. We'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. Why. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just happy.
2: I mean, we the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert, who, you know, was the quarterback from Oregon. And so, of course, for me, being a, a duck – and being a former Charger girl, that was just like the match made in heaven. So I, I'm so pumped. I really, truly hope that he wins the starting job over Tyra Taylor. I, I think it'll happen at least
0: um, maybe okay. week five or week six during the season. So um, got it. We'll, we'll see. But that's my biggest hope. You're playing. I think you're playing the Bengals first. If I'm, I right. need to look. Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know: Have you ever dated an athlete? Like, is that your type, or do you run the other way from athletes?
2: Um, I do, have not dated anybody in probably like at least four years because I've been very um career focused. Yeah, but otherwise, I will. I I declined to comment. Got it, guys. She's I plead single. the
0: fifth. Okay. <laughs> All good. good. And then one last question. Um the whole NBA supposedly is starting up July 31st at Disney's ESPNY World of Sports Complex in Florida. I wanted to know if you thought this was a good decision to kind of get everyone down there. And also have you done cheerleading there? Because I feel like that resonates for a lot of like dance competitions and
2: cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I actually won a national championship there. My Freshman year of high school, that's awesome. I don't know, early in the two thousands, whenever. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, a <laughs> long time ago. Um, and yeah, so I won a national championship there. Um, had a, a couple other really great competitions there. It was so fun because we were um because ESPN broadcasted the competitions. It was so cool. Like it, it's just an amazing experience. You have prelims one one day, and then you've got finals the next day. It's it's so amazing. And yeah. I have a lot of really happy memories there. So definitely like when I saw that come out, it, it made me I got really nostalgic because because of that and all of those, you know, really incredible memories like I hated high school, except for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> except for that. Yes, I agree. I feel like I, I support this decision. I think it's going to be great. And I, think I know
2: it'll-, it'll be so fun. I mean, think about it. Right? It'll be like March Madness having players get to watch each other and just have that more recreational camaraderie feel it, it'll be so cool
0: i think it'll bring a different element aspect yeah. energy into the game i'm all for right. it and i hope it happens cuz god damn it we're sick of watching reruns of games <laughs>
2: that is so true
0: <laughs> um bridget i want you to pimp yourself out and tell the meatballs where they can find you Ugh, yes oh
2: my gosh well you can find me on instagram at after orange slices and you can find me on twitter i'm not as active on twitter but you can find me on twitter at BridgetCase underscore um and of course you can always go to my website at afterorangeslices.com. um and you can find my podcast after orange slices and turbo talk both podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts so wherever you're listening to this one right now and um All my Twitch information is on there too. So
0: you can watch Turbo Talk live. Oh my gosh, you're doing so many things. I know, it's a lot. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's overwhelming when I tell it to people. I love it. No. And I also love that you posted um, a link to sign Brianna Taylor's petition. Um, I will post all the links in my episode notes. I think it's really important that we keep supporting all of these causes. So whether you're donating, which by the way, I know some people don't have money. We've all been out of work. petitions. Yeah. Sign the petition. And there's also on YouTube, if you just type in Black Lives Matter donate playlist and you let it run in the background, the ads that are playing during it will donate for you. So Mm -hmm. all you have to do is listen and you're donating. That's it. It's super easy. Right? It's so easy. So there's a ton of petitions. I mean, justice for George Floyd, everything. I'll put the links in the notes, but I, I just wanna say keep supporting all of these petitions, charities, causes, and keep educating yourselves, meatballs. Um, thank you so very much for being here, Bridget. I could talk to you for hours. I know, I know. <laughs> we'll
2: have to we'll have to get drinks once this is all over.
0: Yes. We'll definitely have a Kiki meatballs. Thank you for listening. Please remember rate review, subscribe. It's my birthday this weekend. So Ah. the biggest present you could give me is to write a really nice review. (laughs) Um, So thank you again, Bridget and guys have a great weekend. Stay safe and I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. Cause you were born. When I